This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. All right. How are you getting on? You well? You well? She will be loved. And she will be loved. Fuck. Will I do that song when I do the Irish Masked Singer? I can't tell you, actually. Can't tell you. No, I'm going to do Anastasia. And I wonder if you know how it really feels And if you lived as alone I can't fucking breathe in this mask When it's cold out here Please don't swear, ha 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 Nicky Burns like, ha ha ha, don't swear mate Ha <laughs> ha, I'd just rather you didn't swear But no, um, so look, how are you doing, you well? Are you good? Um, I want, I look, I'm going to level with you Thanks very much. This is on YouTube as well, this this uh, this amazing podcast. You definitely need to check it out on YouTube. And also, go over to Headstuff Plus. Look, can I level with you for a second? If you have been a lapsed fan, maybe the move over to Patreon was a bit of a faff, right? There's some really good stuff over there. I gave some uh, uh, dating advice recently. I gave 30 tips, uh, genuinely good pickup lines that I read over there, and I gave you my two cents on them. All right, for Valentine's Day. That was over uh, on Friday. The Friday before, I literally ranked all of my teachers from primary school, from Skullwira, the school that I went to, right? I ranked all of them, and I gave you some really mad stories about my teachers. It was a real exciting blast from the past uh, and, a, and a great episode. I highly recommend you check that out. So if you're a lapsed fan, you're like, ah, I didn't want to put my details, do that now because you're missing out on some quality content over there. And Young Hot Guys is over there as well, and you can support both of us, but it will, the, money, the money will be split. The money will be split. So just think hard about how you want to do that. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, look, how are you doing? You good? Uh, I'm doing well. What's going on in me? Look, I'll be honest, nothing's going on. That's why I wanted to do something different this week. I wanted to answer some questions, some anonymous questions. I didn't get as many kind of like, you know, I fancy you as I wanted, but whatever. It's fine. You obviously... I mean, Terry couldn't be more a dominant force in my life. I get that. I mean, I essentially, if we're going back to territorial kind of vibes here, I, re- I reek of piss. Do you know what I mean? So I get that. Um, and that's fine, I suppose. You know, it doesn't confuse things for me. <laughs> you know, I know which side my pissy uh, bread is pissed on. <laughs> but listen, I did ask for some anonymous questions and I got a lot. So thank you very much for those. And I'm going to go through them. I just like to do this sometimes. Sometimes I... Um, uh, this is kind of, there's different parts of my brain in podcasting and there's one part where I can kind of just like riff and talk shite and I have no structure and that's great and I like doing that. There's other times where I have like a list of things I want to talk about because I've actually done my homework and I've done some research. Um, and then there's another side which is kind of like answering questions, uh, interviewing with, uh, having a, a podcast guest, you know, and these are three different parts of my brain and I can do them all. So this was one that I needed something like a guest where I'm answering questions where uh, I don't know where it's going to go and I can just kind of, you know, riff with it. So that's what's happening with this one. So um, number one, we should talk more. I don't know who fucking sent me this shit. Uh, we should talk more. 100% we should talk more. I should be talking more to loads of people. That's kind of like my my MO is I'm not talking to enough people, you know. And it's sad. It's sad. You know, there's probably, there's probably gaffes that I've left of people's without realizing that I've, I've, n- I've not been back since. Or maybe even I'll never go back to their gaff again, you know? And it's sad. And um, I wish I had, I wish I had more time. 
I wish I had more time to connect. I am looking to prioritize health and relationships a lot more. So um, maybe with my new meds, you'll, you'll get a bit of that. Advice for men who are going through the journey of trying to conceive. Um, advice. Well, I, I'm not sure if you're, you're having, I presume you're having difficulty with conceiving at the moment. And that's tough. It can be hard. Oh, pardon. <laughs> oh, you bloody hope so. That's how it bloody works. That's how you get that spunk out. <laughs> no, it can be hard. Yeah, penis. No, it can be hard. You're Johnson, but it can also be a hard situation when you're dick. No, it's tough. Um, It can be tough. So, I mean, the only thing to do is to keep trying and to try even, try even outside of the, um, you're going to say it's stop wanking as well. So it's stop wanking. I wouldn't wank during this process. You don't have to like punish yourself. Do you know what I mean? But you want to make sure that any kind of, uh, not even energy, and I'm not even talking about, you know, spunk or here, but like you, just even that I know people who have watched so much porn that they find it difficult to to be intimate or to kind of give over their agency, you know, in the bedroom. And that's and that's hard. Hey. <laughs> and so maybe try times that you're on, on not the perfect ovulation times. Try other times and try even when you're not fully up for it. Everyone's up for it like a little bit, unless you're like, I don't know, like hours from grief. <laughs> that's be, that'd be pretty tough. But um, you're always like a little bit. So like even just go with the 5% and that will ramp up once you start, you know. Um, but I would also look to see, you should probably see if you're in the position to do it. It's very expensive. But if you're in the position to do it, I would look to get help uh, earlier rather than later. Maybe before it's been so long that... Um, that might be bad advice. That might be bad advice. It is expensive. We were lucky enough we didn't have to do that. Um, but we did have to try and it was, and it can feel very, uh, it can feel hard. Your penis. <laughs> no, it can be tough when it's like, oh, everything has to be arranged, has to be in this like perfect situation. Like where's the spontaneity in this? Uh, you just kind of need to get, like, get over that um, a little bit and just start. And yeah, just, just you'll, you'll get there. Whatever, whatever the, however you might, you know, hopefully you'll get there. I don't, I don't want to give you that fucking bullshit. You know, it can be tough is what I'll say. So just keep trying and try even when you don't want to and try outside of the ovulation uh, windows is what I would say. Uh, did you hear there's a second um, Simpsons movie in the works? The original came out in 2007, but the script for the first film started in 2001. The sequel will probably be an AI-generated shite. Ugh. I was already out on The Simpsons when The Simpsons movie came out and then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is not bad. And you know what was great? They just showed Bart Simpson's dick in it in the first like five minutes. What a way to grab your attention. Didn't like Spider-Pig. Didn't like the whole Spider-Pig uh, quotability of it all. I'm out on The Simpsons in a big way. Um, I only like seasons three to 11 or 12 and they're on like season 30 now. So I would say that the vast majority of The Simpsons I dislike. Um, but I would probably still go see it and it'll be an event and I'll be like, oh yeah, do you remember The Simpsons? Um, but you're right, it was a very well-written script, The Simpsons script. I didn't realize it took so long. What is the funniest fan interaction you've ever had and what was the sweetest? Um, the funniest was, I mean, I've said this before, but there was a guy, he was a guy who was shit at improv. He was so shit at improv, he was actually intimidating. He says, um, he didn't even say, do you want a soft drink? He says, so you're, 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 
are you going to get me a here? Are you going to get me a Coke, are you? And I was like, oh, very good. Because of the suffering. And he's still looking at me. And his mate was laughing at first, and then his mate was like, here. Here, man, leave it. <laughs> Your man was like, are you going to go get me a Coke, are you? And he was really intimidating. And I was like, that's just really bad improv, you know? Never confuse malice for what could be just shit improv, right? So if someone's there holding a gun, being like, is your wallet, being like, all right, mate, this is some pretty shit improv here, all right? You never go this big at the start of an improv bit, okay? Uh, where do I go from here? Yes, and here's my wallet. Thanks, bye. Okay, I just got robbed. I just got robbed. Um, the sweetest, do you know, I've had a lot of sweet people. I've had um, someone in Kilkenny um, tell me, you know, about... Um, you know, going through um, uh, their 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 illness and and uh, and and having the podcast uh, as like a partner when they were going through treatment. And I've heard even just people as says before, a guy worked in a fucking freezer all day, listen to my podcast. That's always very sweet uh, to hear. Um, when are we getting an OnlyFans? When are we getting an OnlyFans, bruv? Um, I genuinely do think that we should do an OnlyFans myself and Killian and Shane and. Um, you know, I think it's in line with our brand of like um, feeling attractive, you know, feeling good about our bodies, no matter what they look like. And, um, you know, if we can fulfill our exhibitionist fantasies while also getting paid for it, fucking absolutely. But also it's a good, you know, uh, social media app. It's a good avenue for that. That's what I'll tell Terry anyway. It's actually just a good social media app. Then why is this Mickey in your mouth? Ah, fuck. Shit. I didn't know you subscribed. Um, that better not be coming out of our current account. I'd have sent you the pics. What music are you listening to at the moment? Um, at the moment, I've been when I've been writing, I've been listening to a lot of film scores. Um, I'm listening to Alexander Dusplat, all of his Wes Anderson scores. Uh, I listen to Braveheart quite a lot, and I've been listening to the music from the Final Fantasy VII remake, Nobuo Uematsu, who I've always loved, and I've had that soundtrack in every form it's had. Um, you know, on CD. I know it's on Spotify, but I had the original and I've been listening to like the remake. Um, I like listening to kind of very exciting kind of battle music when I'm writing. Uh, when I'm not writing, I've been listening to just a lot of like, I'm listening to a lot of Beach House at the moment. Just kind of, I like, it's been really great kind of unwindy music. Um, I've been listening to, what else is going on in my Spotify? Um, I've been listening to Bill Withers a lot. I got a couple of Bill Withers vinyls. I love Bill Withers. I love Soul. Um, I love, um, I've been listening to, yeah, I'm always there for like 80s funk. I love listening to Prince regularly. Um, any albums I've been listening to, recently added albums. Sufjan Stevens always, The Scratch. Um, I've been listening to Goo Goo Dolls, like their first, like a boy named Goo album. Like it's fucking power pop. It's not just Irish that they do. Uh, Creed, I've listened to a lot of Creed. Uh, since getting on the meds, that's been enjoyable. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be au fait with what's going on right now. Um, you have a big gay following. How does that make you feel? Well, how big are they? <laughs> how big are they? Um, it's what I've always dreamed of having. Um, so I'm absolutely delighted with that now, I have to say. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I'd love to have the the big. I'd love to you know be sandwiched in between the big gays would be great. Um, although I did like a gay. Do you know what I did? I was trying to do, originally for this podcast. This is what kind of fell through. I was going to do like a gay test on myself, and like the first one was like, have you ever had like 
uh, feelings for another person. And I'm like, that's fuck. That's the missing bit, isn't it? The feelings. No, that's just the missing bit. I've objectified men. I do it regularly. I mean, literally, uh, the day I'm recording this, I post a, a, a thirsty, uh, you know, uh, what they call Camvid of Tom Selleck. You know, um, I love the male form. I love when people say that, you know, sometimes like, you get like people's dads saying that. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of the male form. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gay, but big fan of the male form. Um, uh, it makes me, it fills me with such joy. Um, I love the gays. Uh, I love, um, I love, I love gay TV. I love gay movies. I love, um, although I wasn't a huge fan of, um, and I'm not, look, he's not, he's not tearing all the gays with this brush, but I wasn't a huge fan of Dan Levy's book, Good Grief, a book, his film, Good Grief. And I like him, Dan Levy from um, um, Shit's Creek. There was a line in it, right? And I couldn't get over it. Terry was like, you need to decrease your meds. You're, you're annoying me now. We were watching it and there was a line where Dan Levy, his husband, this is what it's about, his husband dies and he's trying to just like, he's in the grieving process and um, he's trying to, he goes to Paris to try and like understand what your his his ex-husband husband was going through before he died and meets a, um, this happens early enough in the flick, um, you find out that he had had an affair and there's a scene where Dan Levy is kind of confronting the guy who had the affair with his husband and the guy's French and he goes, Look, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess up your marriage. And Dan Levy says, "Our marriage." And he says, "Sorry." And I was like, "Hang on, okay, I understand that." What What should he have said then? I mean, he said, "Your marriage," or plural, "your marriage." Ye ye, your marriage. He couldn't say "our." You're correcting him. I didn't want to mess up our marriage. Our marriage. You know what does he say? If he says "our marriage," he's going to be annoyed. It says your marriage, that's not right. And I just don't think that the screenplay was there. Um, Ruth Negga is sensational. She carries the flick. Um, and I'd like to see her in more fun roles that aren't just the kind of Oscar bait kind of things. She's always good when she's good crack and she's Irish in it. Ole, ole, ole. Um, how's your big ball doing? It's good, but I'm nervous because I want to get a vasectomy. So I'm nervous that might come into play with it. Um, you know, completed a mate with the kids, really, you know. Um, and look, like, this is the same thing when people tell me, like, they're trying for a kid. You know, I've talked about this a lot on stage. I like, oh, I'm trying for a kid at the moment. I'm like, oh, I get real shy because I visualize everything and I can't help it. You know, my friends are like, oh, we're trying. I'm like, oh, wow. <sighs> you know? I mean, I know everyone's having sex, but I'm like, oh, wow. You know, so similarly when people are like, oh, I got a vasectomy. I'm like, what did you have? You know, how often are you doing that type of sex to require that? Um, that's the first thought I have. Even my dad told me he's having a vasectomy. I'm like, ah, all right. Like, okay, good good to know, like, good to know. And I know too much now. Do you put the toilet roll front ways or back ways? I think I put it back ways because, just because my daughter wants to eat it. And the further she can reach, it seems all nice and dangly, like there's plenty to be grabbed when you can kind of see the curve, you know? So I like it kind of tucked in at the back. And then you're just like, I can only see this bit. So I'm just going to take that amount. I find it lasts longer if you can, if you're getting it, if you have to reach under the roll to grab it. That's what I find. Although here in the Phenomenal Head Stuff studios, they have those individual ply. And let me tell you, I didn't realize I could wipe my butt with such little amount of toilet paper. I have pooed here and I will poo again. Do you ever think about what might have been going through Green Chatton's head? 
Crane Chatton, lead singer of uh, Fontaine's um, um, Fontaine's DC. When you responded to him, ah, the day that's in it at Lancome. So for anyone who's not familiar with the story, I went to Lancome and I took an edible uh, and I was freaking out. I thought it'd be great. And it was. Music was great. But anything that was not to do with music, I was having a tough time handling, to be perfectly honest. And they put us, because I asked for tickets through Aiken because I couldn't, because it was sold out. And they very generously comped us some tickets uh, for Vicker Street. And they put us in like a, in an area um, like where I think other people might have had comped tickets. Maybe. I don't know. There were good seats. And the Fontaine's lads were there. And um, I was pulling, I was pulling like a, a greener. But I was pulling like a whitey, to be honest. You know, I was like, huh. I thought I had, I was going to have to get sick. Um, and I then green, uh, green chat. And I had never actually seen them. I've only, I'd only listened to the albums. I'd actually never seen Fontaine's. And then I was walking out and uh, Green was like, I, hey, Tony, uh, uh, Green. And I was like, oh my God, he knows I'm pulling a fucking greener. And I was like, ah, well, look, the day that's in it. Implying like, I, you know, go see Lancome, see some fucking, you know, take an edible, enjoy this psychedelic folk experience. Um, and he was just like, oh, so I don't know. I do think sometimes about it. and I've not met him since. Um, so I'll have to put that to bed now, to be honest. I have to put that to bed. Um, weirdly curious about your sales career. I'll give you an abridged history of sales. I worked, in, I worked on phones in a call center and then I got shut down by the Daily Mail. Then I was in like... Um, was it CBS or something? It was PBS. I think it might have been CBS or some. I didn't know. It was an American company that had a basis in London. It looked impressive on the CV, but it was really boring work. Um, I was like taking surveys over the phone. So between having like charity work and then like kind of in a tech company on the phone, uh, I saw this job that was for, uh, it said like rock star sales agent needed for this startup. And um, I, I, uh, met the guy who was like heading up the sales team. He had been their only salesperson to date and he was now going to be like the sales director. He'd already got a title of director. That's how fucking willy-nilly they throw the shit out when you're uh, when you're in a startup. And uh, this man looked like he lived in the bag. You know, he was red. He looked like he partied all, to- all, all day. Um, he was just telling me how hungover he was. He... Um, he looked like even when he dies, his body will still be a beautiful uh, crimson rouge. Um, and he was like, so yeah, we're looking for fucking rock, you know. We're looking for these uh, rock star, you know, sales agents. We're getting on the phone. Um, so I don't know, uh, Tony, sell me this pen. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. And he goes, no, that's, that's, no, that's it. You got to sell me this pen. And I'm like, I'm not selling you the pen. Because I didn't give a fuck. I was like, I don't, like, I'm, I don't get jobs. I've been I've been sacked from so many jobs, and I I I'm dog shit in interviews, so I'm like no, I'm not um you know the company doesn't sell pens, I I'm not going to sell a pen over the phone. People order pens, it's stupid. I'm not going to sell you this pen, and he goes I like that, all right I like that mate, <laughs> and then I told him about how many phone calls I used to make in the charity thing, but that was like a setup. That was like too many calls, and I was like yeah we'd make three hundred calls a day. That's what I'm used to, you know. But literally, it was like, click, next call, click, next call. Most of them wouldn't pick up. I'd have to ring through 20,000 Abdul Muhammads, you know. Most of it's bad information, but I would get through 300. So it sounded bigger than it was. Then a week later, I meet the actual CEO of this company, who's like five years younger than me. And he uh, is like, 
yeah, we had to let go. The other guy, uh, the say, you know, uh, unfortunately, yeah, something came up and we had to part ways. But he was really singing your praises. Hell, I fucking bet he was. Um, was he? Was he blowing his nose a lot <laughs> before this pitch? So this guy apparently sang my praises, so I got put in. And then there was no sales director. They were still finding a sales director. So sales were not looked at. And I was in there for three months. And um, they just partied all the time. And then they were in a WeWork office. And there was like a, a beer tap that had unlimited beer in it. And I abused that. I also had my own office. They gave me like, <laughs> they gave me my own office, which I used. And I would record podcasts there at night. And it was like free Wi-Fi. And I was like downloading torrents, drinking all the beer. Then eventually they noticed someone was drinking all the beer. So they put a lock on the beer tap. And I broke the beer tap lock and the beer tap. And then there was no beer for anyone. And um, they had like food there. I would just like raid all the food. Um, I remember like they had like potatoes and stuff. Uh, or no, there was just potatoes there for some reason. And I, I chopped them up thinly and I put them in the microwave for like uh, half an hour because I thought I could make crisps. Like I fucking like, anyway, we were kind of selling this like online platform for students to use, um, you know, a kind of a social media for students and then they could print it out at the end of the year. Like it was kind of like imagine if a social media actually compiled a kind of book for that they could have in pr prosperity at the end of, you know, they could have at the end of the year. Um, and while I was there for three months and in that three months, there was two salespeople. There was another girl who was hired um, and she um, she uh, she wasn't in the office. I had my own office for some reason, and then everyone else was in the other office. And I was like, "Look, if I'm on the phone, you know, I, you know, I need to be separated. <laughs> I don't want to be really loud." And in the three months I was there, uh, she had sold 37 accounts, right, to various schools, and I had sold zero. Zero. I was there for three months. I didn't have a single appraisal or anything like that I sold fucking zero and I remember the look on the face where um, we had, it was like it was just before we, we broke off for Christmas and um, she had gone in done her appraisal then I went in and like so look Georgine Georgine they had no debt they had no data on any of this so Georgina sold 37 we're just trying to figure out you know we're going to get a bit of a competition going so what do you want at the moment and I was like zero and his face fucking dropped CEO I was like, zero? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I have some good leads. And he goes, and I could see, I could literally hear his brain being like, why are we paying for zero? If we sack him, we lose no business. We gain money. And it was good money. Um, And then I got a text on Stephen's day while I was back in Dublin uh, that I've been sacked. I remember in the airport. I was like, ah, I've just been sacked. And Terry gave me a big hug. And I was I was upset. Like, I was devastated. But like, I, <laughs> I made no sales. I made no sales. I made chips in the microwave. I broke the beer tap because I was drinking all the time. <laughs> in the office. Well, I wasn't drinking during the day. I was, I make that very clear. But as soon as 4 p.m. would come along, I would, I would, I would drink. I would maybe have three pints there before I left. Um, and then if I was doing a podcast, I'd be like, you know, it was like a pub. I was just fucking getting into, that's when I used to record the Midnight Hour, any old Tony Cantwell stands, the Midnight Hour I used to record in there um, back in the day. Um, 
And then I moved into this other company uh, and I've always just been in kind of right place, right time. Moved into this other company uh, and it was a similar thing. They just tried to launch a sales team to try and sell this thing. They'd only try and try to sell internally. They hadn't really focused on sales. Me and this other guy got hired the same day. Um, and well, actually, it was three of us who, who were kind of hired roughly within the same time. We were not making any sales. Then they got rid of the guy who was the head of sales. They brought in a sales director. He just spent all their money on ad revenue for Facebook. All the ads started coming in. We were just fucking taking orders on the phone. That's it. We weren't even making calls. I mean, I would. I was not bad on the phone, you know, and I was nice to be around. So then eventually they made me like a manager and I was managing and a very like within less than six months, I was managing a team of eight. And then by the end of it, I was like overseeing a team that already had like a team leader um, that was like 16, 17. And it was great. Great startup. Had a great time. Probably best job I've ever had. Um, and it's still very chatty and pally. It's one of those jobs, every other job I've kind of left in disgrace and I have no friends, but I have friends from that, even though I was in a, uh, eventually then sacked from that job um, for other reasons. Well, I'm making that sound like it's, uh, then I, I, I moved back to Ireland and I tried to work remotely and it just didn't work out. Writing was on the wall. Um, but I got redundancy, so that was nice. What do you miss? Great question. I miss pushing people into ponds. You can't do it anymore because people have phones in their pocket, even though all the phones are IP, IPX7, which is waterproof. Um, you still don't push people in ponds anymore. Um, I miss the kind of, I've said this before, the kind of lecherous creep, the kind of Rick Mail type character being a kind of comedy foil. Um, not comedy foil, but a kind of comedy character. I always think that's just a funny character. It's been through time, but it's just so, I mean, it is awful. Like, that would be, be an awful person like a, an awful pervert. And it makes people feel uncomfortable. So maybe it is time for it to die. But uh, I like those characters, people who are just ner like really nerdy guys trying to get laid. I, I like those characters. Um, what else do I miss? I miss um, I miss having the time for my hobbies. <laughs> I, miss, uh, I miss going to the shed. That's the thing I miss the most. Going to the shed, drinking cans. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to be. If there was an opportunity, if there was an opportunity right now, just to go to a shed and drink a bunch of cans. I probably wouldn't be able to do it, but if I missed an opportunity that I couldn't go, to, like there's weddings, there's stag dues, there is family holidays, there is so much. But if it was just the lads are getting together, we're going to drink some cans in the shed, that would trump every single thing in my life in terms of excitement. You know, I'm not, I've got two Vicar Streets this year, but I'd be counting down the days to drink the cans in the shed with the lads. That's where I am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Get ready to celebrate with us as Headstuff hits a remarkable milestone. That's right, it's our 10-year anniversary and we want to celebrate with you. To mark this special occasion, we're rolling out the red carpet with exciting surprises. For a limited time only, you can subscribe to Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com and enjoy a 14-day free trial to access ad-free bonus content from all the shows on the network. And if you're already a member, you'll get 20% off all merch from your favourite shows. Thank you for 10 years of support from all the team at Headstuff. 
thoughts on the Sopranos ending? I think it's a massive cop out. For anyone who doesn't know, what happens is Tony sitting down for his dinner. I mean, you should have seen Sopranos by now. They're all sitting down. They go for a family dinner. Um, Meadow and, and AJ and Carmela and Tony, and they're sitting down. He's ordering more onion rings. There's a lot of shady people kind of walking. We're kind of following the camera, following a couple of shady people walking in and out of this diner. And we think, oh, my God, is he going to get whacked? And then it fades to black. It goes, don't stop. Because Don't Stop Believing was playing before that. That is actually that is actually the song that got it back in the lexicon. Other things had happened around the same time. I wonder if maybe Journey's music just became accessible for uh, TV at the time. There was a lot of Don't Stop Believing. But anyway, it went, don't stop, fade to black. We don't know what happens. A couple of seconds, everyone thought thinks their TV's broken. And then the credits come up. We don't know what happens. Massive cop out. So like, if we don't see him die, then he wins. So show me the ending where he wins. Show me the ending where he wins. His family are all afraid of him. Uh, he's lost friends. Um, show me the Michael Corleone, you know, what does it all mean kind of thing. Sitting there while... Um, na, 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 Sits there dead in his chair. Or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's miserable. Just show me that in the last final moment uh, with a joke or something like that. I don't know. I didn't like it. Who was your inner Bebo top eight and how did you sort it? Um, probably would have been mostly the lads from the shed um, and my girlfriend at the time. Uh, if you were to design a task for The Apprentice, what would you do? has to be something completely new. I think a new thing to fuck. Uh, <laughs> you know, the... The UK, the UK sex toy market is worth forty billion a year. I need you to design a new type of for Penny. It can't be a regular slip. It can't be something mad like a dragon. It has to be a new shape, and it has to do something we've never seen before. That's what I'd like to see, and I'd like to see them come up with a name for it. I'd like to see what kind of shape they do. I would like to see them kind of give anecdotal evidence of uh, their experience with it. Um, and then try and sell it to Waitrose. Um, have you ever had a landlord not give your deposit back? Why every single landlord is not giving my deposit back? Why it's always been that they're cunts, to be honest. Um, and that's me. Look, I can, I can, I know my own responsibility. And when I fuck up, I talk about it all the time on this podcast. But um, one was I left my bike there. And they said it was going to cost the amount for the deposit to get rid of my bike. My bike even worked, but I just forgot it. Uh, another was just paint. Uh, they said the paint looked like it was chipping. I just had it as a given that I was never getting my deposit back because landlords just didn't give it back. Um, and I never fought them on things. I never, you have to go through a fucking itemized list of everything. And it was always so much of a faff. And maybe it was just too much for my ADHD at the time to go through a list and then go back with a counter list. Um no, I mean, I did I did push back on things, but it was always just, they have the power. So it was never out juicy, never out good. Um, I mean, I, they actually never noticed the things that I actually did break. Like, I told you when I tried to drill in one of those rails to hang, like, frying pans on, it was, the like, the, the plaster was so soft, I was drilling and there was fucking chunks coming out of it. And then I was like, oh, Terry's going to go spare here. So I pu pushed blue tack into the chalky hole, which was barely sticking. And then I found finger paint that was kind of the same blue and I finger painted over it. And I was like, we can't hang frying pans there. All right, thanks for nothing. But she didn't notice the blue tack. The blue tack was also blue. Um, 
Tony, my wife is finally back today with our baby after visiting family abroad for a month. It was extremely difficult and I just found myself drinking to myself to pass the time, which is, isn't usual for me. What have you or know of anyone who has had weird reactions being left alone that, that long? I'm, I would love to help you, but I'm so fucking jealous that I don't know if I can look you in the eyes. I love my wife and I love my kids. A month, a month's a lot. A week, also still a lot now. Do you know what? I'm coming around to the idea of these, this fucking family of mine. But I would probably, I mean, I pretend to be a human because my family are watching. When they don't watch, I go back to my dormant state of a liquid, a liquid, a limp oil on the couch. Um, I start getting pally with Deliveroo drivers. If I have like a four-hour window, I'm trying to figure out if I can have a Chinese. So I, I get you. I probably would drink a lot. I'd probably want to like book in things, I suppose, with my friend. Now here's me fucking planning my ideal month away. Well, my family's away. That's not what you said. Um, I definitely have weird reactions being left alone. And I imagine what I feel like would start like to, I imagine what I would, what would at first feel like a treat would then make me feel quite poor the next day and I'd feel quite low. And then these treats of eating bad food, drinking would perpetuate the cycle and then I could totally see myself with a month disappearing and then feeling like it's a bit of a faff to go out. I find it very hard if there's no one around me at all to motivate myself to like get up and go out and if I meet, if you know, meeting someone, you know, it, it's not very hard. It's not very hard at all. I know people who actually do find it very hard, but it's weird. And I, I don't have a system for it. It feels like I'm always going back and grabbing my coat or I'm always going back. It, nothing feels fluid about just leaving my house or anything like that. So I know that that can feel a bit tough. Um, I wouldn't be hard on yourself. I wouldn't be hard on yourself at all. Um, it's certainly just a good thing to have in the back pocket to be like, all right, well, that's what could happen, you know? So how we do things differently next time. I know what happened. And if it isn't usual for you, then it's just a bit of a kind of warning shot across the bow, isn't it? It's just kind of like... Um, and it's great that you love your family so much. But maybe maybe you've been given a lot to your marriage and your family. And maybe there was nothing else that kind of sprang to mind that you could do while they were away. And maybe that's something that you could work on while they're there, you know? Figure out if you can carve out a bit of space for yourself. And I found sometimes if it's like a, a weekly thing or a, even a, every two weeks or a monthly thing, having something that's booked in is less... Um, is less disruptive on the calendar for the family if it's just always there, you know, rather than kind of lads going out for a pint. And that's the way you want to go for a pint, but maybe it might just require, here, we just go out, you know, every second Friday. If you're one of the people who only, who's the first to have a kid, that might seem like it's a bit too, you might feel like a square, but it's going that way. It's going that way. Now everyone would love something fucking routine booked in the calendar, the way things are going. So I wouldn't be hard on yourself. I've definitely had, I definitely have weird reactions. You know, I become the fucking Willy Wonka of Chinese. I have to taste everything, you know. And um, getting up late, like I think, like I was on, last time I was on tour, like I fell asleep with my laptop open, which I haven't done since I was like, you know, 23, you know. Terry's such a light sleeper. She's fucked up all my evening plans. I used to fall asleep, laptop open, Lord of the Rings or something on, on my phone, fall asleep when I pass out, maybe with a lamp still on. And um, 
She's ruined that now for me. I'm getting more sleep now, even with fucking night feeds than I did when I was 23, 25, whenever it was. Um, don't be hard on yourself. Um, what's one tiny thing about the house that pisses you off way more than it should? Like mine is when people leave their shoes on inside uh, the house, for example. I'm a shoes in the house. I don't like taking my shoes off. I don't like, I think if you're a shoes off house, you need to fucking text me in advance so I better be wearing some nice socks, you know, um, with no holes running in them. So you have an obligation to tell me if it's a shoes off house ahead of time. Um, and I don't think that's bad. Hey, just so you know, just so there's no weird fucking shit kicking off at the door, we're a shoes off house. You know, I'd hate to fight you on my own doorstep. My neighbors don't like me as it is, right? So just know that when you come in, I'm not going to say it again. I think people might get a kick out of Um But what pisses me off? What pisses me off about my house? I mean, there's so many things. Um, there's so many things. It's all the kids' clothes, to be honest. It's all the fucking kids' clothes everywhere. And it's all the fucking kids' clothes that we're holding on to because other of our friends are having kids. And they might want a shitty vest that only has some puke on it. But apparently we have to keep a whole fucking attic full of this shit just in case they want to. You know me. This is my policy. It's going in the fucking bin. It's going in the bin. Everything's going in the bin. I am, I actually think that I might be a Texas oil baron because I want, you know, for the ecological uh, impact of me putting everything in the bin, but I don't care. If it's, if it's, if it's, if it requires a separate wash, it's going in the bin. If they haven't worn it, it's going in the bin. I'm not sentimental about baby clothes. Maybe it will be sometime down the line but not right now, and whatever. I'll go out to Penny's and buy another pair of socks and pretend that they used to be the socks of my son. Um, Aunt Nelson winds me up. Mm, not really. Not really. I don't really judge anyone's house, really. I'm just happy to be there. Um, not to say you're judgmental. It's fine. Aunt Nelson, I don't like... Um, I don't like instant coffee, I suppose. No, that's not one. People can give me whatever they want. Some people drink tea. We have no tea bags. We have people that come over for tea. Do you know what we have to do? We have to, we have a coffee machine. We, I have to find the tea bags, right? They're tucked in behind the corn flour because we use corn flour more than we use uh, tea bags. I'd find a Barry's bags behind there, pop one in. Then I have to boil a pot because we don't have a kettle. The kettle's broken for the last six months. I boil a pot of water. And then I have to pour hot water in there if they want a black. It's actually easier if they want a latte. It's easier for me to make them if they want a latte. But if they want black coffee, it's really difficult. I don't mind. And I do be sure to be clanging around the pot so they know what a, much, how much of an effort I'm making. Can we legally stream your show on Prime? Yes, it's actually on the Dodgy Box. It was on the Dodgy Box, which was great. My face up there with uh, True Detective and uh, Scavenger's Rain. All up there. New shows. There's me. And I had a few people take, me, take pictures of... Um, of me in the dodgy box. Um, what do you have on? Oh, oh. Um, I actually don't have good boxers. Um, I got some pretty shit boxers. Now, luckily, even my wash day boxers aren't that bad. But I, I'm not going to rest until they're all Uniqlo airism. You know that. Snog, Mary Kill, Killian, Shane, Michael Fry. Um, I would, sh I would snog Shane because I think he'd be good at it. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be fuck and I was going to say fuck Shane but I would marry um, I mean I'd marry Killian and I don't want to have to kill Michael Fry but you've not given me much you know you've not given ah uh, do you know what actually 
I'd like to kiss Michael Fry. And maybe um, when we kind of pull away, his nose ring might clink off my little earring and we might laugh. But I don't want to kill anyone. But it would, I'd, I'd, this is what I'd do. I'd not, I'd marry Killian. Um, I would, because he's very positive, great to have around. I would snog Shane and I would snog Michael Fry before I kill him. So hopefully that's all right. Every man's Valentine's Day, every man's Valentine's Day fantasy. Um, just being left alone, to be honest. Just fucking leave us alone. <laughs> just fucking leave us alone. You know? Leave us alone, but be cool with it. It would be great. Did you ever walk in on someone masturbating that wasn't your wife? I've not walked in on my wife masturbating either. Um, um, I've seen, we used to have this big chair um, in front of the house computer. And we'd be sitting there wanking at the computer sometimes late at night. And the back of the chair, I've talked about this before, was so tall that you couldn't see if anyone was behind you. So I've been there with my fucking cacks around my ankles when my brother comes in. And I'm like, Andy. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, how are you doing? Is everything good? And he's like, whoa. And he gave me, you know, knew something was up because that was some shite patter. And he left. But similarly, I'd walk in and then I would just hear some vigorous clicking to click off all the tabs, you know. And, it, you know, you wouldn't see it. You'd just see the light emanating from the screen, kind of bouncing, kind of giving a halo effect on the chair. And then just sort of click, click, click. So probably my brother, Andy. Um, but I, have no, I don't have proof. Where do you get your rings? As a 30-year-old man with wedding rings, should I invest in more rings? I love my rings. Uh, I got my rings from Inye Jewelry, which is my wife's pre-loved jewelry company. She finds amazing rings and then she resells them on at Inye Jewelry, I-N-N-E. And I got this actually from my old scoutmaster, Dennis, uh, my wedding ring, who's in the Powers Court Center. So he got me that wedding ring. I wanted it as thick as I could get because that was the style at the time. I still like it. Um, this clada, it's the biggest one that my wife has of big fingers, big hands. So she got me this clada, which I wear out and which would insinuate that I am looking for love. But um, it's only because it hooks, the crown hooks on my children's faces. Um, so I have to wear it out. I should be wearing it the other way around. I have this snake ring that um, the wrapped up snake, like a, uh, a, a cobra, and then I have this onyx ring that uh, my granddad actually found uh, on the building site of Bowman Hospital. Probably belonged to another builder. Never really questioned that. Gave it to, gave it to my dad, um, and my dad gave it to my brother. And my brother lost it, and I found it, and I wear it. So um, those are my rings that I wear. But I have two of them are from Inye, and she's got some lovely sovereigns that I wear, my wife's company, um, that uh, I've worn in the past. I wore to the... Uh, LOL premiere I wore some of her jewellery if you had to pick a cartoon character to have sex with who is it and why is it Lola Bunny from Space Jam I mean it would be Lola Bunny but look who we kidding she's fucking tiny right it's Nala it's Nala all the way I was just in Dublin Zoo the size of the lionesses something about that um, I think I'm into big animals now at the moment so it would be Nala Nala but with boobs I think since we're just making things up if you were only allowed to eat one country's food for the rest of your life what would it be Probably Japanese, to be honest, because you can have a lovely break. Now, just fuck all veg in there normally. Been to Japan. I've been to Japan. Um, 
and there's not a lot of veg. So it does get, it's kind of a sleeper. It's rich, super rich food, but kind of sleep, you know, you don't realize you're eating so much of it. Super rich food all the time and it can get a bit much. You have a bit of a fucking sodium coma a few times. Um, I also like Szechuan, Chinese food, a lot. Um, but it would be Asian. It would be some kind of Asian, but probably Japanese. Because you got like a katsu curry and rice if you want to go that way. You have ramen. That's different. You got the kind of soupy thing going on there. You've got um, sushi. You've got um, also just delicious like kind of uh, candies and crisps. They do snacks very well. They do bakery uh, snacks very well. Um, here we fucking go. I have a crush on you, but I don't have the courage to tell you. So look, don't tell me, right? It'd be too confusing, but thank you very much. That's great news. More of that kind of content, please. If you could be one animal, what would you be and why? Be one animal. My spirit animal is famously a hedgehog. I told you I um, was a, uh, hallucinating on a very strong uh, strain of marijuana and uh, I got sick and a hedgehog ate my sick and a calm came over me when that happened. So I'm always, I belong in the in the hedgehog family. Um, but the animal that I think probably has, tell you a fucking bee, probably my mama's dog. He's an asshole, right? He spends all day screaming at people. Uh, he fucks whatever he wants, right? Humps everything. And he has he's better dinners than I had growing up. He's the amount of bacon this, this, this clown's eating a day. So he's probably the cushiest life of any animal I've ever known. Any animal that's maybe even ever existed, including like the pugs that used to warm up the, the beds of Versailles. There's no animal living a better life than this Bichon Fries, uh, Harvey. So, um, you know, but then I'd be screaming at my mom all day, you know, and I already went through that as a kid. So, you know, he's barking, she's screaming. So, um, Maybe like a warm bird. I want to be warm, you know. Um, so where would that be? Maybe like a tropical bird. Maybe a tropical bird at like some resort where, you know, people don't really mind. There's only like a few of them knocking around on the resort. And you just be dipping down, getting the ends of people's ice creams and stuff. That sounds pretty good. I would still not want to live properly in the wild, somewhere close to humanity. Um... I look like Harry Potter, says this person. Uh, like a lot like Harry Potter. Women fetishize this against me all the time. Should this fact and some of the stuff we get up to in the bedroom make me feel bad about it? Or should I just abracadabra to shit until I can't anymore? Look, you can just decide what Harry Potter you want to be. If you want to be, you know, the old, you can be the old Grey Par who's standing there at a, a King's Cross. Um... You know, you could go Expelliarmus, get your shit off, you know, you could go, um, I've just made a blowy potion or whatever, you know, you could use it. Um, and yeah, you got to lean into it. I have found that there's a very common thing in stand up. I don't really have it because I don't look very much like someone. But what stand ups will do a lot of the time is say if, you know, they, people don't know them at all. And they look like someone. They're like, I know what you're thinking. Um, when did Jeff Goldblum have an Indian son? And I was like, oh shit, you do look like an Indian Jeff Goldblum. You know? So, it's a bit of fun you could have with that. I know what you're thinking. When did Harry Potter get so fucking buff? I know what you're thinking. Um, is that the only wand he's rocking 
from Ollivanders. Does his Mickey happen to have the feather of a, of a phoenix in it? I know one other person who's had that cock. He who shall not be named. Um, I lean into it, bro. You got what you got. Or a lady. If you're a lady. Yeah, that could work too. Um, trying to think. Yeah, I might be Harry. Yeah, I'm, I know what you're thinking. When did Harry Potter lose his wand? In parentheses, Mickey. And you can say in parentheses. People love that shit. Who's the hottest hot young guy? Saw a picture of Killian Neary. Just did a gig. Gorgeous man. Gorgeous man. I'm over like, I'm over like fawning over him. I don't stare at him as much anymore. But occasionally pics will pop up. I mean, Shane's super hot too. Shane's got like, um, Shane's, Shane um, has got stunning eyes. And his, he's got a butt that won't quit. And he also just um, has, he's just got a very kind of, he's got a, he's got like an alpha personality, which is pretty hot. Who would win in a fight, Killian or Paul Mescal? I think Killian, but I could never see him throwing the first punch. But um, I, I'd i say him. He's, he's active. He plays a lot of sport that I know of. He probably plays more sport than Paul Mescal does, only because I don't know how much sport Paul Mescal plays. Killian 100% could. All right, getting to the end of these now. What's your favorite and least favorite movie trope? I love a montage. I love a getting, the, my favorite is probably getting the team together. We're getting the team together. All right, we're going to need explosive, you know. Honey, go crazy about a shop dress, man. We need a guy who's good with his hands. This guy's in the strip club. Hey, baby. Um, I'm I'm a demolitions expert. I'm singing ZZ Top. You know, I love the Armageddon putting the team together. I love all that. I love a good sports training montage. I love montages. That's probably my favorite. Um, my least favorite trope is uh, someone hugging someone or something like that. A girl gets upset and the guy like gives her a hug or whatever like that. And they're like friends. But then the girlfriend walks in and sees that and then runs off crying. And then the guy doesn't go back and say, no, I was just giving her a hug. I was just giving her a hug. He never says that. And he always like, no, wait. And watches her leave. I hate that shit. Oh, no. Oh. I go after her. Burn the ear off her. I actually didn't do anything. Why are you being like this? I actually didn't do anything. That's real life. And it annoys me that, that you don't see that in movies. All right, two more. Very last two. I've actually done all of these. I'm expecting first baby next week. Tell us more about the birth experience and general new baby antics. Um, okay, I'll tell you about the birth experience very briefly. I would say that uh, there's a lot of this stuff about like hypnobirthing and stuff. And that's meant to be great and all. But I actually feel like you need to be very good at it so as to not either... If it's something like hypnobirthing is something you'd love to be into because it's something you've never really had any experience in, it's probably not for you um, because you're really getting into the fucking primal shit here. And yeah, the breathing techniques are pretty handy and the visualization of, you know, you're pausing, taking a breath in, you're letting the feather fall down, feather falls down after like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then you blow it back up, feather goes back up. You're kind of visualizing this stuff. You're smelling the flowers. You're blowing at the birthday candles. That all is handy. But in terms of like you actually being in your place and visualizing, some of it might be handy that you're actually visualizing. But when actually push comes to shove, which it does, with a baby, um, 
uh, with the baby coming, it's it's hard to get in, tap into that. I would just say try and make yourself as comfortable as possible. And, um, you know, don't do anything that you're going to judge yourself for getting wrong in the process. Do you know what I mean? If you plan to do something and it has to be perfect, um, don't like don't put so much pressure on yourself that you could actually get something wrong because it doesn't go with the plan. Have a birth plan and have a go in line with what would just be very easy and convenient. Have a birth plan, get it laminated, make sure your, your fellow knows the birth plan, quiz him on it, have him kind of do those conversations, really be like, look, the only job is I need you just to kind of delegate all this. So you tell me what you're going to say to the nurse. You tell me about our birth preferences that you're going to say to the nurse. And that's kind of it. General new baby antics is just like, uh, make sure that if anyone's visiting you, they bring food. You know, you can tell people like, hey, feel free to come, just bring food. But also don't rush into, this is just so so hidden from women. And so hidden from men, especially, that how much uh, recovery, you know, time. Your body's amazing. It does recover and it goes back exactly. But like what you're actually like, your abs have moved, you know, your, um, your, um, you know, your, your pelvis is all out of line. Like things need to get back. So you might be in like a good mood and feel like you're up for stuff, but you will feel it later if you, if you do too much. It's not about like, can I do it? Yeah, you probably could do it. But, you know, you have to get your iron back and all that. So I would just say, don't rush into things until you actually are properly back. Uh, our last one here, favorite underrated online comedian or online personality in general. Padlock87, my good friend John Carl, he makes fucking banger videos and he puts them out pretty much every week. And they're really, really funny and they deserve far more light on them. He's also a very funny comedian. He's probably the funniest person in real life to be around. That's a big compliment, but he is. I've known him for years, known him since I was like eight. And uh, he is just funny with absolutely everyone. And he's a very good stand-up as well, um, but he just doesn't do it as much these days. But his online comedy is absolutely amazing. Padlock87 is his Instagram. His name is John Carl. And I've been Tony Canwell. And look, you can check me out. Litterbox, coming to a town near you. Go onto my Instagram, please. I am going to be in Dublin. I'm going to be in Greystones. I'm going to be in Limerick. I'm going to be in Cork. I'm going to be uh, in... Hoth. I'm going to be in Vicker Street. I'm going to be in the Dreoct in Blanche. I am going to be in Dundalk. I'm going to be all over the place. I even have a Belfast day lined up. TBC. Uh, and London, I'm hoping to get in there. Uh, probably Soho, I think it's going to be. And that will be um, um, May, June uh, as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'd love to see you there. All the best. Bye-bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.